Hey, story listeners, Jeff here. Just wanted to address the sound quality in this episode. I regretfully showed up with only one mic to record today's guest. Uh, so you'll hear me, but I'll be a little quieter than normal. Um, of course, it was important to hear my questions and my prompts for the guest, but uh, I think it was more important that she held the mic uh, and let her wonderful, glowing beauty and truth come out. So I hope it doesn't distract too much and that you enjoy the show. Thanks. Her name is Bertha. I can't forget Bertha. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We were 12 years old and Bertha lived around the corner. And I remember me and Bertha kissing. And I remember me and Bertha rubbing up against each other. Jeff, I couldn't tell you nothing else, but I know, Jeff, it felt good. (laughs) That was Midget, also known as Mary Midget. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Midget turned 85 the day we recorded. I was immediately blown away at her warmth and in awe of her incredible life journey. From Boston to the U.S. Army, from Germany and back to her decision to pack up and move to San Francisco. Here's Midget. You know, Jeff, it's interesting because at 85, I don't know how I got there. And that's the truth. I looked up online and it talked about where I was born, mm. the Boston Lion in Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah, and now I think it's a CEO. I think there's a woman there now. Oh, it's still there. The hospital. It's there. still there. And when I look at, it, I said, "Gee, that's where I was born." Yeah. Yeah. It's a trip, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So mom's came here when she was 12. To the United States. To the United States from the British West Indies. Met dad and they got married and a whole lot of mess in between. But I'm here. In Boston did they meet or? In Boston. Okay. Do you know why she went to Boston? Uh, Oh, her parents. Her parents. My grandparents. Yeah. Came here. Came to Boston from the West Indies, and then they sent for her Did and they, her sisters. They must have had to uh, ditch all their, you know, West Indies clothes and get a bunch of fur coats. That's a <laughs> very different climate. <laughs> it's very possible, but you know, Jeff, I never thought about that. You know, well, it's different than a lot. Of yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like Boston. Yeah, yeah. She came out here when she was twelve. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And from what I'm hearing. Grandmother brought the whole family, and grandmother and her siblings did very well economically. Okay. I heard they did great. And so, yeah. when, do you know when that family, your grandmother's family, moved? Do you know about when that happened? No, because mom's was 12. Yeah. So I have no idea. Well, I'm going to try to do the math. If you're, you're okay. 85 today, yeah. probably around the turn of the 20th century. Well, mother was born in 1910. So a little bit, so 22. Yeah. 1922. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Long time. Yeah. Long time. And um, 
She was a strong woman. Do you want to, do you know much about your mom's life that you want to, like, you know, what did she do for work? You talked about your dad. Well, I'll tell you what mom wanted to do, but moms didn't get around to doing it. She went to an art school that I know, okay. and she wanted to be a model, a foot model. Okay. She made all of my clothes until I was 12, and you didn't look, they didn't look like hand-me-downs. I mean, mother had class, okay? And talent. Yes, Skill. yes, yeah. yeah. So I think, Jeff, in between all of that, it got to be crazy for me mm. because I was an only girl. I was going to ask you an only Yeah, I was an only girl, and yeah, I had three, brothers. Brother. three brothers. Yeah, okay. and mother got a little overprotective. Of you. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we had our issues, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. We did. So me and my aunt were very close. Her okay. sister. Her I was sister. Ask, so yeah. Because you said your grandma brought her family. So yeah, 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 yeah. She brought them all, you know, and economically they did well. I mean, when I read up all the history and I find sometimes I can't remember it all, but I think the uncles, they had stocks in, in uh, Pacific Bell oh, and wow. they all owned property, even though it was Boston, Massachusetts. Right. My grandmother owned a lot of property in Back Bay, mm -hmm. Boston Back Bay, mm -hmm. and her siblings moved to New York and bought a lot of property in Harlem, the Orion, they did okay. Yeah, I would say they so. They did okay. Did yeah. They, did they have any one kind of business that, or did were they did they all just different things? No. Um some family worked on the railroad. Uh, my mother did domestic work when my mother and father split up. Uh grandmother was a big time cook. My father's father was a big time cook downtown. I can't remember the hotels where they were the big time cooks. Mm, that's okay. Yeah, so they did okay. Yeah. Did all right. Yeah. As I said, me and moms, we didn't quite get along around the age of 14 on. Okay. So as yeah. becoming a teenager. Yeah. And, uh, but. She was strong. Yeah. She was strong. My mother was strong. Single and mom I think. Four kids. Yeah. But. She managed. I couldn't tell you how she managed. Yeah. But she managed. Yeah. yeah, she did. Where do you fall in your, you know, are you the youngest, oldest, middle? No, I'm the, what am I, one, two older brothers. But my mother didn't raise the first one. Okay. Yeah, she didn't raise the first one. Uh, the first one was raised by somebody else in the family. Okay. So it was my dad and me and my two brothers. Got it. So it was the three of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, what was I? The th I was the middle girl because it was Joey, then me. Then we called him Dickie, but his name was Richard. Yeah. So it got to be kind of difficult with me and mother. You Overprotecting me, Jeff, it almost drove me crazy. Yeah, especially as I would think as you're becoming a teenager and yeah. you want to express yourself and you want oh, to do things. It and, was nuts. It yeah. was really nuts, yeah. So Auntie and I became very, 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 very close. What was her name? Yeah, Auntie Lane. Auntie Lane. Yeah, okay. she was, we were very Did close. Did you spend a lot of time with her family? Or, uh, or with well, her she family? didn't have any children, okay. so it was me and her. Okay. Yeah. And then when I came, it was interesting, when I came into my sexuality, this was before I joined the service. Okay. 
she said, I'm going to send you to Chicago because everybody there will take care of you. Well, she had concerns. I was a lesbian. I was young. You know, and yeah. since he wasn't sure what's going to happen with me out there at that time, right. you know? Yeah. So. If I may raise my hand. In yes. The class. Yes. Well, I've been to Boston a bit. I can characterize it as kind of, I mean, it has a liberal reputation, kind of conservative, right? That old Catholic conservative. It is. Thing. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. And racist. Yeah. And like all that stuff. Yes. Well, during my time, I went to Catholic school and I was the only black in the classroom for two years. Right. It was a horrible experience. I when I graduated from junior high, junior high, yeah, seventh to ninth grade, uh, that was bearable, but I was coming into myself. So I was like, you know, rah, rah, cheerleader and all that good stuff. Okay. So by the time I left and went to high school, that was like 9, 10, 11, 12. So there was only five black graduates wow. in my high school. Right. So again, when I got out of high school, it wasn't real clear what I was going to do. I mean, I was going to do many things. I learned how to conroe hair mm. because I went to camp every summer. Okay. So my thought was, oh, I could do that. I could, you know, braid hair. Yeah. And then I said, no, I don't want to do that, right? And then I went to... It was a commercial course in high school. Mm. And then I said, no, I don't want to sit in no office. Yeah. And then I had a great art teacher. Mm. So then I said I could be an artist. <laughs> Jeff, I went through a whole lot of things. I did. I was going to yeah. say great art teachers can make a big difference. Yeah, she they was did. a wonderful person. Teachers in general. Yeah, 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 she was. Music teachers, that kind of thing. And my music teacher, he was a nice guy. What he did he would play the 78s, because it was 78s then, of course, yep. right? He would play them, and he would ask us. That's why I have an appreciation for music now. He would ask us to pick out every musical instrument. Oh, that's fun. It was wonderful. Yeah. And that's how come now I can listen and appreciate. Not this shit that... That they're, <laughs> okay, <do> that. <laughs> not that stuff that they have now, yeah. but I mean real music. Yeah, you I think pick, especially oh, yeah. when, when we're talking about young children, asking them to pick up it, oh, then you yeah. start seeing how the different parts play together and make the whole, right? Yeah, that what it's all and about? I, yeah, and I did appreciate that. So when it was time for me to get out of high school, Jeff, I didn't know where I was going, what I was going to do. But I knew my mother drove me crazy. Yeah. That much I knew. Can we back up real quick? Yes, back up. You brought up sexuality more than one time. Yeah. Did you, do you want to share any of that with us? Like, when did you know that you were gay? Was there a coming out because it was a much different world? Yeah. Then, did your aunt know? You know back from the Auntie knew. Yeah. She, Auntie she knew. Yeah. That's why she said she wanted to send me to Chicago. Right. <laughs> okay. Without you even having to tell. tell yeah. Um, I remember my mother sent me to a shrink. Mm. And I remember the ink block text. I mean, now oh. I remember them now, right? Lord, yeah. Okay. That was it. Yeah. And I always had a fantasy of living in a house mm -hmm. and having someone with a briefcase going out the door, taking care of me and children and the children. I always wanted 
the children. Yeah. So that was the fantasy. Never came true. But anyway, that was the fantasy. But I know her name is Bertha. I can't forget Bertha. Okay. <laughs> okay? We were 12 years old, and Bertha lived around the corner. And I remember me and Bertha kissing. And I remember me and Bertha rubbing up against each other. Okay. Jeff, I couldn't tell you nothing else, but I know, Jeff, it felt good. Yeah, <laughs> okay. That's the age, though, you know, 12, 13. Like, yeah, you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't really figure it out, I think, until when I joined the Army, because we were all there. And there was no figuring it out. It right. just, it all just felt good. Yeah. I mean, me and all the girls, yeah. it just felt good. Yeah. So what happened, I always wanted to have children. Yeah. So we had a great time in the army. You know, we all had girlfriends. Can we go back? Just go, really keep back? on going back. It's fine. Because I had interrupted you to go back and talk That's about okay. That's yeah, okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but you had been saying, uh, you know, you had been considering all this stuff after high school. None of it kind of really took. And then you joined. Was that kind of, none of that stuff worked out? And then you're like, I'm going to join the army? Or what, what was the decision to join the army? The decision to join the army was an economic decision. How was I gonna take care of myself? I, I didn't wanna be home with my mother with her driving me crazy. And auntie suggested I join the army. Okay. That was, auntie was a good person. That was her suggestion. And was this maybe the 19? I was 19. 50s or so? Let's see, I joined the army in 1956. Got it. okay. So yeah. Okay. When I got out of high school, I did have a job for about a half a minute. Yeah, I was a cashier and in an apartment store but that was like oh this is not gonna do it yeah, you know yeah. between that and my mother yeah not fulfilling yeah not at all so you saw an opportunity to do something and, and get away yeah so it was it was a great opportunity jeff i had a good time um right now that was the way i was able to go to college yeah okay and having my children they made it different for us. As women now, you could have the children and we would pay you and the the monies for your rent, your expenses as a woman mm. were in the service, whereas they didn't do that before. Right. They only did it for the men. Well, and I was gonna ask about the 50s and women in the army, you know, maybe definitely not as common as it is now, not as many women in the service yeah was that a big deal for you or it was a big deal yeah. i mean and if i if i may sure a, a sure woman also well you know i learned a lot about southern women yeah because my mother in her own little way was prejudiced mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very prejudiced jeff yeah, okay. very prejudiced as far as my mother was concerned, anybody down south was ignorant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that she put that in my head. Yeah. And if I wanted to have friends, they had to come from the West Indies. Wow. Okay. So when I went down south, it was all very new to me. Mm -hmm. 
what is going on? In fact, we had to do a bivouac, and my first sergeant said, you know, we worried about you because I was there partnering with a young white kid. You're going to tell me you worried about me? And he could have killed my ass, you know? But he was scared of me <laughs> because I talked so much. The, the poor kid was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know? Because I'm sure he never met somebody that intimate, yeah. that friendly. Yeah. So he was like taken aback. So when we came out of the bivouac, it was a good experience. Good. So let me tell you the bad experience. Okay. When we were in the service, we had to buy heels, well, okay. you know, okay? Sure. So I went um, to the department store and went in, me and three other black women, okay? They knew a little bit about prejudice. I knew nothing mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. So we went to the store. First of all, when we went into the store, we had to go in the back. I'm like, excuse me, one woman, let me go back a little bit though, Jeff, okay? Absolutely. When I got off the plane from and where, Boston. And where was this exactly? Went in Alabama. Alabama, okay. Had never known nothing about Alabama, okay? Got off the plane, and then we went into Anniston, Alabama. So we were hungry, I was hungry. So I went into a restaurant, and then the trooper, he was white, really nice, really oh, nice, okay. yeah. And he said, you can't go in that restaurant. And I looked at him, I said, excuse me? Mm -hmm. And I was, what, 115 pounds, bold, just bold, okay? Short, I haven't grown, okay? And he said, well, you can't do that. He says, there's a place for coloreds. I'm like, uh-uh, this is not going to work. But my thought was, okay, you knew a little bit about something, <laughs> okay? And the white girls, it was three of us that all went down south together, and they were very supportive, you know? They cool. said, well, Midget, maybe you should reconsider, and the Mountie was nice. So I went into this restaurant, it was nasty, Yeah. okay? Uh, the guy who was doing the cooking, he was fat, mm -hmm. he was white, mm -hmm. he was nasty, mm -hmm. okay? So I said, I want scrambled eggs, toast, and da 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 and then I got up and I said, shove it up your ass, oh. and I walked out. Yes. It's a wonder I'm here to tell it, so they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because. I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, I read a little bit. But that would, maybe that was your first experience. It was. Face -face yeah. yeah. So when we left that place, I never went off base again, mm. except with my friends. Yeah. And then by that time, I was stationed in Fort Meade. Which is near that? Washington, New York. When I say near Washington, New York, you're young, you party, we got a car, not me. We'd drive to New York yeah, from Fort Meade, Maryland. Yeah, you you know, we'd go to Washington, you know, yeah. and just party, party, party. Yeah. So I just partied until I signed up to go to Germany. Okay. Wonderful experience on you both parts. Yeah. Party stories? Well, let's see. Job-wise, it was good. Yeah. My first sergeant, he was wonderful. 
So I was able to maintain my sanity and work. I had to do office work. For the Army. Yeah, for the Army. Um, They call it clerical? Yeah, clerical, clerical, yeah. So I did clerical work. And my first sergeant, my boss, he was a sweetheart. Okay. Then I graduated to another job, the same thing. And my captain, she was a pisser because what I did, I took my uniform and made my skirt, you know, really sexy and tight. And then I'd wear my heels. And she told me I couldn't do that. And I'm saying to myself, mm-hmm, yes, I'm going to do that because I just knew I was cute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By that time and all that insanity, I met a lot of good friends. Yeah. So those experiences were wonderful. Yeah. And going overseas was equally as wonderful. Exciting. Very, very. First time overseas. First time. And. Germany, right? Germany. And it was good. It was good. I learned that living in the United States, people don't realize how fortunate they are. Yeah. They don't have a clue. Right. Okay. I saw a guy picking up a cigarette off the ground, and he had a black band on his arm. Mm -hmm. So I found out that when you have a black band, it almost means like you're almost like on welfare. Hmm. And I was going to give the guy a cigarette or something, and somebody said, no, don't do that, because things would be taken away from him. Wow, and this is after World War II. Yeah, you think they would have stopped making people wear things like well, that? Well, you would think. I know, I know. So where I worked, um, I bought everything from the PX and gave it to all the women because they would do my work <laughs> for me. Because <laughs> that's a good deal. It was great. They were wonderful, wonderful women. Where yeah. were you in Germany? Frankfurt. Okay. Yeah. Worked in the general hospital, you yeah. know, as a clerk or whatever I was, and I. I didn't like it at all, but yeah. the experience was good. It was a three-year experience. I'm glad I did it. It was wonderful. Did yeah. you get to see any of the, any of, where else in Europe? Like no, there? I kind of just stayed there, worked, and partied. <laughs> there's, a, there's a theme. <laughs> that was it. And, of course, in the back of my head, I always wanted to have children. That keeps coming up, too. Yeah, okay. I always wanted to have children yeah are we talking right now so your trip to germany are we talking late 50s early 60s yeah maybe? well my son was born in 62 okay yeah Do you want to tell us that story yeah well i came out of the service yeah and um went to new york with all my army but army buddies they city. were there new york city yeah they were there so some had went to Japan, so we all kind of got together and came to Manhattan, 72nd Street, 82nd Street, all the good places, yeah. So I had a girlfriend at the time, and I said, it's time for me to have children. I want to have children. She said, you got to be kidding. She <laughs> said, you are a party animal. Are you going to do what? And Jeff, is what I always wanted. Yeah. It's what I always wanted, yeah. yeah. So... And the time your the, the time came. Yeah, yeah. So I went for the hunt, and my mother knew this gay guy, and um, as the expression goes, that was history. So moms came back into it. Because okay. I went back to Boston. So was she? Were you getting along with her better now? Well, we, we no, we it was always, you know, it was always auntie. Yeah. It was always auntie. Even when I went back. Yeah. 
and left New York and went back to Boston because my best friend, I said to him, I wanted to have children, you be the dad. Mm -hmm. And he was gay, but he never accepted the fact that he was gay. Mm. Poor, oh my God, dear David. So he said no. Okay. And in my family, you did not have a child without at all. Yeah. So my moms knew this gay guy. He was a designer. We hooked up and we turned out to be the best of buddies. Okay. Oh, party, had a good time, and it was great. I have another question at the back of the Yes, classroom. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you, you, you definitely wanted children. Did you want your donor to be a father, an active yes. parent? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and did this guy... I actually, you know, I never thought about an active. I just assumed <laughs> that I was going to marry you. Oh, okay. That was my assumption okay. because you are not going to have a child in Boston, Massachusetts with Delcina or Aletha, my grandmother. Right. They were very well known in Boston. Okay. And you are not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So me and Ross, we talked about it. Okay. He said, cool. Let's get married. Yeah, let's get married. Mutual, mutually beneficial. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we had Jordan. Here's okay. Jordan. That's Jordan up there when he was a little one. Yeah. When he was, yeah, he was in the Navy, and now that's him right there in the middle and right there with part of his family. Can I ask how old Jordan is? Jordan is now 59. 59, okay, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh -huh. So we got married, had problems in between because he was gay, and at that time he really wanted someone to care. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah. So we split. Okay. And I was taking care of Jordan Jr. by myself. Still in Boston. Still in Boston. Okay. And he said, okay, let's move and I can find work someplace else. Because he was a designer. He was good. But he wanted love. Yeah. Don't we all? And so in finding love in all the wrong places... Mm -hmm. We went to Cleveland. Okay. And in Cleveland, it went downhill because he, again, was looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. So we came back to Brooklyn. Okay. And again, he was looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> okay. So it was me and Jordan. Me and little Jordan. Yeah. So I said, unto me, midget. Something's got to give here. Mm -hmm. Something's got to give. So mom, back in the picture. Okay. By that time, mother moved to New Jersey. I don't know why mother moved to New Jersey, but she moved to New Jersey. Yeah. I haven't figured it out yet, you know? <laughs> why didn't mother move to New Jersey? There are beautiful parts. Yeah, but I don't know why she did that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what happened was, it was me and Jordan. I needed to work. So mother suggested that I bore that I board Jordan with a family that she knows mm. in New Jersey. Okay. So I did, and I got a live-in job, which drove me crazy. Still in New York. In New York, mm. yeah. And I'm thinking, I, this this is not gonna work. Sorry, when you say live-in job, do you mean like a nanny or? Yeah, well, nanny wasn't the word then. I yeah. just lived in and uh, took care of a little boy. Okay. Yeah, 
and the lady, she was a sweetheart, and her son was nice. He was the same age as Jordan. Oh. So I brought Jordan to live with me. Yeah. And that was nice. Yeah. For a minute. Mm. Only for a minute. Yeah. Because her husband, this is what she did, was her first year teaching. So she came home and told him all the things that happens with a first year teacher. Mm. So if you go into a classroom and you're not ready, like even a substitute, those kids will rip you apart. Yeah. 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 And I think they did with her, and she came home and she told her husband. So he told her to quit her job. Mm -hmm. So that means I had no place to stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my son was back out there again in New Jersey. So I said, I need to find somebody. Yeah. And I found my daughter's husband, my daughter's dad. Okay. He had three kids. That was okay. Okay. That was all right. Did y'all get married too? We got married. Okay. Disaster. Okay. Really, really bad. Abusive. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And you know how you know there's a red flag, but you're like, oh, it'll go away? 10 years, it didn't go away. So my brother, I kept on telling my brother. My brother at that point lived out here. In San Francisco? Yeah. Okay. So I kept on telling him. So he said, that was my older brother. Yeah. He said he was coming to Boston to see moms, visit the family, and he was going to come back here. Mm -hmm. So he told me when, and I was ready. I had packed my bags shipped them out here and told Henry, that was my second husband, told Henry, I'm going across the street. That was Midget. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, we'll hear all about Midget's great escape and landing here in San Francisco. Part two drops Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 160 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, keep dreaming, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.